I'm Jim Cameron, Jim Cameron Consulting, broadcasting from the Fountainhead, home of Synergy Billing, and I'm your host for Volusia Matters, news, interviews, and matters that impact Volusia County, directly or indirectly. Now let's get on with the news. Volusia Elected Officials Roundtable heard Brown and Brown Representatives Steve Farmer and Justin Anselmo provide an update on property insurance. It was pointed out that Florida is responsible for 20% claims for property damage and 80% of litigation. Now, also assignment of benefits affected nearly 20% of those claims and catastrophic reinsurance prices have been at their highest levels since 2000. And rising temperatures are increasing risk of severe drought and wildfires. This is the effect of climate change where it's becoming apparent. While Florida has recently experienced numerous damage costing hundreds of millions of dollars, Mr. Anselmo stated that Florida will see considerable rate moderation in 2024 compared to what we had this past year. And, and speaking again of elected officials roundtable, their next meeting will be March the 11th. And by the way, uh, my friend Ernie Aldino, district director for Congressman Michael Waltz, was in attendance at this meeting, as well as Andrew Batante, the state operations manager for Senator Marco Rubio. I was glad to see them both at this meeting. And next item, in Washington, House Speaker Mike Johnson and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer reached a tentative agreement regarding next week's January 19th budget deadline. Their agreement is that overall spending levels for fiscal year 2024 would total $1.59 trillion, and that includes defense funding at $886 billion and non-defense funding at $772 billion. And this deal paves the way for a broader government funding compromise for the February 2nd deadline. So basically, this is a significant step towards avoiding a government shutdown. Now, while that agreement is at the leadership level, rank-and-file House members still have to vote prior to the January 19th budget deadline. And not all may be on board with the spending level agreement. And by the way, January the 19th is when some parts of the government run out of money. Now, the House Freedom Caucus has called this agreement a total failure 
and that they have threatened a government shutdown unless Congress acts to toughen immigration and asylum laws. Now, does the House have enough votes to pass this budget agreement, or will there be a government shutdown? Eh, it depends. Most other government shutdowns in the past have taken place in off-election years as opposed to election years. Because voters, they don't like government shutdowns. But then again, they may have short memories between now and November. So stay tuned. And speaking of Congress facing that upcoming January 19th federal funding deadline, the U.S. government debt has now topped $34 trillion. Now that figure is the total amount of outstanding borrowing by federal government accumulated over the nation's history. And it's kind of a paradox in that the national debt is increasing while the economy is relatively strong and unemployment is low. I mean, this is a good time when we should be reining in the federal deficit. But uh, mounting debt and political cliffhangers have affected the nation's credit rating. Fitch Service cut its rating on U.S. debt from AAA to AA plus last November, and Moody's warned that it could remove U.S. debt from its AAA rating. And as I said in my last segment, Congress passed two stopgap funding bills last October to avert government shutdowns, which extended funding deadlines for agriculture, transportation, housing, and other priorities until January the 19th. So again, stay tuned. Next item, in their December meeting minutes, Federal Reserve officials signaled that interest rates might be at their peak, but they also left open the door to future rate increases. Now, if you remember their December 13th policy decision, Federal Reserve officials left interest rates unchanged and forecasted that they could cut borrowing costs three times in 2024. That said, it appears the Fed is thinking inflation is cooling off as they shift towards the next phase in their fight against rapid inflation. Now, inflation has slowed since mid-2023 with price increases climbing at 2.6%. While it's not their 2% inflation goal, it's better than the 7% that we saw in 2022. And Wall Street is focused on when the Fed will begin to cut interest rates and bring them down. And while current rates range from 5.25 to 5.5%, 5 
investors hoped they could fall between 3.75 and 4% by the end of 2024, and many expect rate reductions to begin as soon as March. Next item, January the 9th, Governor DeSantis opened the 2024 legislative session where he touted the state's finances as being strong and that we should stay the course. He also made mention of his proposed $114 billion budget. Meanwhile, House and Senate leaders have stated the session will focus on access to affordable health care as well as addressing the state's energy needs. Now, DeSantis is also proposing $1.1 billion in tax breaks and the form of sales tax holidays, things like that, and additional money to boost teacher pay. Other likely issues to come up include property insurance, auto insurance, coastal resiliency, as well as other issues. Now, this session will run until March 8th. Next item, at their January 4th meeting, county council members discussed goals for 2024 and stated they wanted to focus on fiscal responsibility and pursue a budget for the next fiscal year that would move property taxes to rolled back rates. However, it was pointed out that this could be a challenge since the county is going to have to assume approximately a $7 million assessment for SunRail this coming year. Now, also at this meeting, council members elected District 4 member Troy Kent as their vice chair, and also Councilman Troy Kent announced that he will be filing for re-election this next week. And they discussed ideas as to how council members can facilitate the schedule and timing of items on the agenda in order to expedite the process. Let's see where that goes. Next item, with the lack of parking in New Smyrna Beach over the last year, solutions are still being discussed. However, police say illegal parking is rampant and that they have more than $700,000 in unpaid parking tickets. So they're now going to boot and tow cars with three or more unpaid parking tickets. Now, part of the problem is lack of available parking in the downtown area like Flagler Avenue. And last year, if you remember, the city created a parking task force which has proposed working with private business owners to expand parking. So I'm going to try to stay on this and report more more on it in my next podcast. And then also in New Smyrna Beach, New Smyrna Beach High School traffic light ribbon cutting will take place Thursday, January the 11th, 1.30 at the high school at 1015 10th Street. And this traffic light is a joint effort between Volusia County, City of New Smyrna Beach, City of Edgewater, and Volusia County Schools, and it'll help ensure the safety of students, staff, and citizens. So look for school board members, 
New Smyrna Beach, and Edgewater City officials, they're going to be on hand for this event. I think I may try to join it myself. Next item, work has begun on approximately $1.6 million in beach walkover and ramp repairs in Daytona Beach that were destroyed during Hurricanes Ian and Nicole. Now, the city's first priority has been the fishing pier, which reopened last summer, and other projects will take most of the year to complete. And also at their December 20th meeting, Daytona Beach commissioners voted five to two to move forward with a $120 million Silver Beach condo hotel construction project, which would sit in a 2.6 acre lot on the southeast corner of Silver Beach and South Atlantic Avenue. Now it's 265 feet tall, 25 stories, and is led by Miami-based developer Eddie Avilia. And it would have 270 rooms in addition to restaurants, bars, and other businesses. And then moving to West Volusia, Deltona Commissioner Anita Bradford resigned January the 2nd. And then citing personal reasons for the resignation, she was a two-term commissioner for District 2 representing the northwest part of the city. Now, the commission has until January 29th to vote on a replacement, and the city is accepting applications. Anyone seeking to qualify for the job must be a resident of the district for the previous six months and must maintain residency within the boundaries of that district. And anyone interested for that seat should contact city clerk's office at jrafferty at deltonafl.gov by Monday, January 22nd. And then the person elected to this seat would serve until November 2024. But I want to add, Anita, she was a good commissioner because when I've called on her before, though, she helped me. She really, really helped me. And I can't say enough good things about Anita. God bless you, ma'am. And then next, here's some events that you may want to put on your calendar. February the 14th, 12 noon, 2024, State of the County Luncheon. That'll be at the Center at Deltona on MLK Boulevard. This is an annual event where the County Council talks about partnerships, accomplishments from 2023, and outline their future goals. Then, February 16th, Friday, 7.30 a.m. is Volusia Economic Q4 Breakfast at Daytona International Airport. That's where they'll be talking about the, the status of the county's economy. And then other meetings include County Echo Advisory Committee, January the 11th, 9 a.m., County Administration Building. And then West Volusia Tourism Authority, January 17th, 9 a.m., Main Street DeLand Office, and that's 100 North Woodland Boulevard. The Halifax Area Advertising Authority Board is January 17th, 2 p.m. at the Daytona Beach CVB Office, and that's 140 South Atlantic Avenue, Ormond Beach, and then River to Sea TPO, January 24th, 9 a.m., Daytona International Airport. And I wanted to add First Step Shelter, second annual 
Mayor's Gala will be February the 3rd. This is where community leaders, corporate and faith-based partnerships and city and county officials will celebrate individuals making their way to housing and self-sufficiency. The event will begin 6 p.m. at the Daytona Beach Hilton. Tickets are $125 apiece. Black tie optional. There'll be a cocktail reception, dinner, honoree awards, entertainment, and highlights the First Step Shelter. They're looking for table host and other sponsorships available. Uh, so contact Patrick Smith at 361-3800. Well, today our guest is Jason Meyer. He is the founder and CEO of Synergy Billing in Holly Hill, but he is also the developer of Fountainhead Business Park here in Holly Hill. So glad to have you with us, Jason. Well, Jim, thank you so much. I've seen the illustrious names of folks that have been on Volusia Matters, so I'm really proud to be on here as uh, one of your guests. Uh, so thank you for having me. Well, we're interviewing here today from the Fountainhead, and uh, give us a quick history of the business park. I mean, I believe it goes back to, what, 2015 or so? Well, it actually goes back a little bit yeah. even more than that. All right. You know, we started working with the city in 2015, but the Fountainhead campus really started as an essay. Kind of a kid with a crazy dream. I'd written this essay in 2006 about the campus of the future. And it was my harebrained idea to try to stop the brain drain that we've had here in Volusia County. You know, when I was coming up here in Volusia, we used to say our biggest export was talent. Right? Now the ties have shifted and we've done a lot as a community to really attract people in, attract businesses. But I wrote about the Fountainhead campus as this uh, mecca of innovation. And it was a, a little bit crazy when I wrote about it. It had a, uh, it had a monorail that went to the beach and it had putt-putt golf. And it was almost like uh, Silicon Valley meets uh, Thomas Edison's Menlo Park. And it was really a, a place that would attract you know, people similar to myself, but try to, to upend the brain drain. And what it evolved into was this idea for a high-tech campus that helps you to develop your workforce so you have all the resources on site in one place to build and scale a business as well as to build and scale your workforce. Okay. I remember that article when it came out in News Journal uh, back that day. So, yeah, I remember that uh, those details. But last month at the Volusia Economic Report Q3 breakfast, you made an announcement about uh, some new business ventures coming in here into Fountainhead. So can you expand on that there? Well, I'd be happy to, and I'm really excited to share this with you and with your listeners. Uh, so last month we, we announced that we've got two partners that are going to be coming to join us here in Holly Hill at the Fountainhead campus. Uh, one of those partners is a company called Bold Age Pace that provides all-inclusive care to active adults, to folks that are on Medicare. And it's a very valuable program for seniors as well as veterans. And these folks are gonna be establishing their Volusia headquarters here at the Fountainhead campus. And they're gonna be occupying just about 25,000 square feet of space where they'll be serving participants. Uh, same time, we announced 
that we have a partner uh, in the form of Aza Health. They're a federally qualified health center, and they are going to be expanding and bringing healthcare services here to East Volusia. So they'll be providing primary medical care and dental care services. And what's really neat about this, Jim, is that these are the same kind of clients that Synergy Billing, my main business, works with every day. Uh, these federally qualified health centers make sure that all individuals have access to quality, affordable health care, which is one of my personal missions, as well as the mission of Synergy Billing. So it's really exciting for me to be able to bring an organization like Aza Health that focuses on that mission, making sure that all people have access to health care, and bring that right here to the Fountainhead at Holly Hill. And let's, let us say again, in zip code 32117. Yes, 32117, Very which is important. the second poorest zip code. Very important, yeah. so, uh, so that. Uh, but now also, that does uh, require, I believe, city commission approval at, for Holly Hill? We will need some approvals from local commission. I can't imagine that'd be a problem, I and mean, we're bringing mm -hmm. in 150 jobs. We're gonna be creating just over 50,000 square feet of new construction. And this is all part of a master plan development. So before we even moved in, Jim, I had more than a million dollars underground just in infrastructure to support the long-term development mm -hmm. of this phased program. Uh, so phase one was simply moving the synergy billing business in here and moving our employees to Holly Hill. Uh, the next phase will be building a corporate headquarters building. So that's where in part of the building we'll have the PACE organization, we'll have Aza Health, and then we'll have Synergy Billing and the Synergy Career Academy. So we're really excited to give uh, Holly Hill a facelift. We'll have a brand new high-tech building out in the front. And we're going to make Holly Hill more like Hollywood. Oh, I like it. I like it. I mean, so, well, and you mentioned these. Now, what is the timeline for these projects? I mean, when is going to construction, you say, set to begin? And uh, when do you think they'll be open for business? So we are under contract right now with both organizations, and we plan to break ground, fingers crossed, by June. We've got the plan design mostly completed, and we anticipate a certificate of occupancy or grand opening by September of 2025. Oh, okay. Well, that's great. That's great. Well, let's say this. After these two projects here, what do you see next for the Fountainhead campus? Well, Synergy Billing continues to grow, and one of the things that we are doing is developing a new technology, which uh, actually is what got me started in the medical billing business. You know, Jim, most people don't know this, but as a technology guy, they often ask me, how did you get into medical billing? Well, I was trying to develop a new web-based software back in the year 2000 that would automate the medical billing process. Well, unfortunately, that software didn't quite work back then. It was maybe a little ahead of its time. And uh, I failed. I had some missteps. But I failed forward, started a medical billing company from that experience. But you know what? Right before COVID, I started working on this again. I had some unfinished business. So now with uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning, we've been able to take our 20-plus years of medical billing and claims processing, and we've been able to automate so much of that. So now we can predict with a high degree of accuracy, almost 99%, whether an insurance company is going to pay a medical claim or not. Uh, so that technology is really game-changing the industry that we're in, and it's difficult to anticipate how many more jobs that may create 
what we do know is it's going to dramatically drive down the, the price of healthcare services and healthcare administration. Mm -hmm. So we're excited to do that right here from Holly Hill. Uh, but one of the next things that we are anticipating is some affordable housing. As it's always been a dream of mine to bring workforce and senior housing on campus. So you create one environment where people can learn and grow and develop their career path, everything in one spot. So we are permitted as part of our development agreement. We have the ability to pursue some workforce housing. And we'd like to make that available both to our employees as well as folks in the community. And, and I'm glad to hear you mention affordable housing because, again, that is something very much needed, um, not only in 32117 but 32114 and numerous other places throughout the county, though. But uh, going back to Synergy Billing, though, what about is are you hiring right now? And what are the type of people you're looking for skill-wise? Well, at the moment, we're really looking for analysts, we're looking for data scientists, and we're looking for sales professionals because our organization is growing, there's more and more demand for services, so we are ramping up our sales program over this next uh, 12 to 18 months as part of a go-to-market strategy for this technology that I mentioned. Do you all provide training here on the campus? Well, I'm glad you asked that. We actually have a nonprofit uh, career academy. Uh, last year, we got the accreditation at the state level, and initially, the program we offer is medical billing, because that's what we need for the synergy business. But we do have plans to expand the curriculum, offer a Six Sigma continuous improvement training, as well as an AI and machine learning certificate program in the coming years. Okay, okay. Any closing comments that you want to share with us? Well, I'm just really optimistic about this year. I've never been more proud to be a Volusia resident. Like we've got a lot of great leaders that are stepping up. I'm excited to see what happens this uh, election cycle. Uh, but I'm just optimistic and just really never been a better time to be in Volusia County or to be here in Holly Hill. Well, fantastic. Jason, we're sure glad to have you with us there then, and we wish you the best for Synergy Billing and Fountainhead. Well, thank you so much. And to finish up, look for a new podcast episode to be released next week. And the views expressed on this podcast may or may not necessarily express the opinions of Jim Cameron Consulting. And for more news, check out my newsletter. I just emailed one yesterday. If you're not receiving it, call me at 566 2140 and my $1,000 guarantee still stands. And I've talked about this group before, but I wanted to reiterate my support for Volusia Volunteers in Medicine. These are retired physicians, but then they provide health care for working individuals that have no access to health care. So this is something, though, that's very much needed uh, in this county, and they, uh, they do a good service and all. They really do a good service, and I'm familiar with them. So if you can, support Volusia Volunteers in Medicine. Now, this is Jim Cameron signing off, saying God bless and roll tide.